0: Welcome to the Storyform podcast. StoryFormed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello, StoryFormers. I'm Holly Packiam, and Jamie Showmaker and I are here again today to bring you a new podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Jamie. We were, Hi, Holly. We were just talking and prepping a little bit, so Jamie and I are so excited to bring you some ideas today about summer. So we're we're excited about thinking about what can make a story formed summer. For me, it's this time of year when uh, it's you know it's getting to the end of May, and as we talked about in the last podcast, that there's so much to wrap up for. For some families and for us, we're wrapping up certain seasons of dance and soccer, and
1: so I'm starting to think, have a little bit of space to think about summer. How about you, Jamie? Oh, yes. We are definitely thinking about summer. It's already starting to get so hot here in North Carolina. Yesterday, it was almost 90 degrees, (laughs) so summer is definitely on our minds already, so I'm excited to talk about this today.
0: Yes, that's awesome. Well, Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about, you know what? just reflecting on what is summertime for. And part of my reflection on that has been, I just recently finished reading with a group of friends that I meet with, uh, The Gift from the Sea.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes.
0: And so I don't know if any of you listeners have, have read that, but it's a short classic by... Um, my goodness, and for looking at her, and and Lindbergh. and Lindberg, yeah. Who was Charles Lindberg's wife? Um, amongst many other things, she was a, a great writer herself, and had a family with five children. And so, for any of you parents out there, just wanting kind of a short but deep and reflective read, it's. Uh, really addresses family life, marriage, just kind of various parts of her life. And she had the opportunity to get away for a couple of weeks um, on an island off of Florida that I've actually had the opportunity to visit. So in her, oh, wow. in her, yeah, it's called Captiva. It's off the coast of Southern Florida. So reading it was, I was just an unexpected surprise of, oh, I, I've been to that island. I've, there's so many, it's one of the other names is just Shell Island there's so many mm-hmm. shells everywhere so anyway that has caused me to to kind of spring me forward into thinking about summer partially because we have a bit more space about how I can be reflective
1: I just read that for the first time in January and it's ab- it's a beautiful book I love that book so I agree
0: <laughs> yes yeah I've, everybody should read it so it won't take you too long um <laughs> Uh, so Jamie and I have also been talking about um, just our routines, as we've mentioned a bit, and how they might, you know, so for some of us they might stay the same, and for other of us, others of us, depending on your stage of life where you live, they might change. So, Jamie, what about you? What what is your routine? Does it, does it is it going to change this summer?
1: It it doesn't change a whole lot. My boys are, are seven, five, and three. And actually, this summer, they all have birthdays. So they will be eight, six, and four um, at the end of the summer. And um, it just doesn't change a whole lot. We school year round. And so we, we still try to keep some semblance of a routine in the summertime, although we are way more laid back about it. Um, I try to make things a little bit more fun. So like maybe instead of working on our Singapore math, we, we, we will read more living books for math. Um, things like The Life of Fred, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Or um, mm-hmm. yes. child, Yeah, we do Childcraft's Math Magic. Um, it's just one volume in the Childcraft collection. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, or we read the Circumference books. I don't know if you're familiar with those.
0: I haven't. I'll have to check those out.
1: They are so fun. They are um, full of math. And so he's actually learning, but it's told in a narrative about this little knight named Circumference. And mm-hmm. so he learns all kinds of things about math still. So he's learning, and we're still, quote, doing school, but it's not quite as structured as, you know, sitting down and doing the drill and all of that that he's used to doing during the school year. So that's one way that we're kind of a little bit more laid back. But it's so hot and humid in North Carolina in the summertime. Yeah, I, it would be okay if it was just hot, but the humidity makes it like hot and sticky. And so, you know, we do still spend a fair amount of time inside in the summertime um, or at the neighborhood pool. <laughs> we do that yes. a lot as well. Oh, I bet. Um, and of course, summer's when we try to take a small vacation or two. Um, so that that's a little bit different than normal, but our routines are, they're still pretty much the same in the summertime. What about you?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I would identify with that definitely when our kids were a little bit younger. There really wasn't much of a change. But now that our girls are getting a little bit older and they're, they're, their school workload is, is a little bit more than it used to be. So I would say that they're definitely ready for a break of some kind when we get to the end of the school year. So we take a couple weeks fully off just sort of as our at-home staycation kind of thing. And then, um, I mean, they're always reading things, especially the older girls who are you know, voracious readers now on their own, but then we kind of get back into a bit more of a, a looser school schedule, incorporating math again, and but mainly just encouraging lots of reading and making special reading lists for the summer that they can pick stuff off of or off of. Right. And um, so our climate, I'm in Colorado, and so is quite a bit different than Jamie's. A lot of people come here in the summer so it's in some ways I don't (laughs) feel like we have to leave just because it's pretty nice usually in the 70s and with the dry heat it's pretty nice and you kind of want to be outside most days. There's a handful of days in midsummer like July when it's it can get really really hot but mostly we're somewhat you know decent without uh, air conditioning and Uh, We are back, we back up to just a half an acre of uh, the foothills. So we've got a lot of trees Mm -hmm. back there and a ton of space for the kids to just run around and have imaginative play and that kind of thing.
1: That's so nice. (laughs) That's really nice. I've
0: been thinking about, though, some of you who are, you know, having babies really really young kids that you may think well all of that sounds nice Holly and Jamie but you know my routine is exactly the same because I'm I have a newborn or you know there's just sometimes you feel in those mm-hmm. stages with a newborn or really small kids that there just isn't space for uh you know to for anything to change or you have you might hear podcasts or read things and think oh I have all these ideas of things that I want to do in the summer but I feel a bit restricted. And so I know exactly how that feels and um, had a lot of dreams and visions of of things. And I'm finally there. But if you're not there yet, I just encourage you to, um, you know, take them those places through stories, take them and we'll get to some of those ideas here in a little bit, but that you can, you have the luxury of just reading and reading and reading about some of those things. Have you had that experience at all day or what was it like when your kids were tiny?
1: Yes, absolutely. We are just now starting to come out of that, honestly, Mm -hmm. because, you know, my youngest is three. And so we still had nap time and all of that up until very recently. And so, you know, we were pretty homebound for a while. And so I completely I can relate to that. We are just now getting to the point where we can start to do some more activities outside of the home. And um, so we just read. I mean, I I read constantly to my big boys and now my little my, my youngest son, um, and that was kind of the the culture of our home and our day um, in these little years, and I think that's totally fine I think um, I think it's one of the most important and most formative times for our children. so if you can't get outside and do all of these you know things we're going to talk about um, with books, you still can like you said, take them on adventures in the in the home through books so mm-hmm.
0: exactly. I agree yeah. yes, and another just even beyond actually you as the parent reading to them we did quite a few audio books and still do of course mm-hmm. but a couple that I remember vividly with my youngest uh she would I would lay her down in the crib or in transitioning to a bed uh just you know her, her she was awake for a little while still we would do some uh like Jim Weiss stories mm-hmm. yes uh, we did tell me a story and um
1: we we have that one in Animal Tales. We had Animal Tales as well. Yes, I
0: think we have yeah. that one too. And <laughs> yeah. I, I love Jim Weiss and his narrations, but I do have to say, you know, after hearing him over and over again, <laughs> but she she began, you know, it kind of, I, I left quickly after a while. But uh, I think that his voice became very soothing to yes. my daughter and she just kind of grew accustomed to falling asleep to those stories. and And so, you know, obviously it was when she was that little, I'm sure a certain amount of it was way beyond what she could understand, but she still
1: was, you know, captivated by it. Right. And audiobooks are great for when you're in a situation like I had, where I had a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a newborn. And so I wasn't always available to read to my four-year-old when he wanted me to, or needed me to, you know, because I had the, a baby or or right. whatever. And so I was able to turn on an audiobook and he could listen to that while I was feeding the baby or you know getting the toddler down for a nap or or whatever. So audiobooks are great for that reason as well just to kind of stretch you a little bit as a mom.
0: Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Um well let's talk about
1: what so we
0: obviously we're talking about kind of indoor time and more time for free reading um and we'll, we'll do another podcast soon here in the future about maybe about some specifics about outdoor time. But today we want to focus on, okay, if you are in the house a lot, and like Jamie said, you know, in really hot weather, you might be <laughs> indoors more or the stage of your kids for whatever reason, you feel like, okay, I need some structure for summer. I don't want to go crazy. Uh, you know, we, we're, we we can not be outside all the time. So what are we going to do with our summertime? Um, some of you out there may be familiar with a woman named Cindy Rollins, and she wrote a book called Mere Motherhood and also blogged for many years about something that she did in her home with her kids called Morning Time. And basically what it is, is it's it's just a way to, you could do morning time, you know, early in the morning or really any time. She did it in her family in the morning, but it's a ta- it's a way to, to start your day with your kids. It's a way to bring them inspirational reading and ideas uh, to help them connect with the Lord, to help them see what God is doing in the world that's good and beautiful through books, mainly. And Jamie, what are your other thoughts about what morning time is?
1: Well, morning time is my favorite part of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, We we do that all the time, every day. Mm -hmm. And I love it because, you know, we do educate at home. And a lot of times I tend to get you know, focused on skills, you know, can he read, can he do his math and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I just see morning time as a time to really be intentional about the formation of his soul and his imagination and really pouring those things that are good and true and beautiful into him. And I say him, all three of them, but I was thinking more in terms of my oldest in school. But, um, you know, it's, it's a time to be really intentional about what I think are actually the most important things, um, way more important than all of the reading, writing, arithmetic, all of that. Um, I just, that's, I think morning time is probably the most important time of the day, whether it's morning, sometimes it's afternoon that we do it. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's even evening. (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't have to be a homeschool thing. Or a morning thing. It's just about being intentional about sitting down with your kids and filling them with that truth and goodness and beauty um, and and just pouring that into their souls. Like you said, I think on another podcast about spreading a feast before them. Mm -hmm. And I think morning time is a fantastic time to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah. We, I feel the same way that when we do it during the school year or in the summer that it's, I feel, I think I'm just as inspired. And so hopefully they're picking up on my inspiration and my excitement yes. about doing things. So, uh, we want to just throw out some ideas of what this could look like. And, um, we have a wire basket. You could have anything that we just kind of switch things out of, um, as we go through them and finish them. Um, but just, we have, we kind of have some. Jamie can speak to this too, what they do, but we have just some various categories, and I'll try to put a book or something in that category to kind of cover various things. But we usually try to start out with uh, doing some kind of a morning prayer for us. It's usually from the Book of Common Prayer, and that's something that my kids will memorize and then um, read a Bible story. This year we've been doing, and we'll continue that this summer, uh, Catherine Voss's Child Story Bible. And I've been, Mm -hmm. I've been, I read aloud quite a bit to them, but I also have. And my older girls read things and then I'll ask them to talk about it. Like, well, what do you remember from the story or, mm-hmm. um, tell me, tell me about it. And right, and what do you, what do you, do you guys do something in
1: that category, Jamie? We do, we do the exact same thing. We usually, um, my boys are memorizing a Psalm. Um, so I, I try to keep a Psalm in front of them right now we're doing Psalm one. Mm-hmm. So they try to memorize that And, um, we also do a Bible story and we're using Catherine Voss's child story Bible also. Occasionally we'll switch that up with, um, the Jesus storybook Bible too, because I still have the three-year-old who wants to see the pictures and all of that. Um, so we switch it out, um, back and forth, but I, I love both of those so much. So we use that. Um, and we also do, um, some other kind of scripture memory, not just a psalm, but just different verses. And for that, we use. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with Randall Goodgang's Slugs and Bugs? Albums? I am. Yes. Yes. We have those too.
0: I. They're wonderful. Yeah. My, yes. Our kids love them.
1: We love them. We have sing the volume, sing the Bible volumes one and two, and volume three is getting ready to come out. Great. Um, right. Working love on that one. So. Yes, yes. So we do that, and so my boys have learned like all the books of the Old Testament, all the books of the New Testament, just because they listen to the songs. And so we love doing that as part of our, our kind of Bible prayer category. It's funny you said that because I have mine broken down into categories as well, different things that I put in the basket to kind of cover an area. So Yes, yeah, we do yeah, that as well.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and those, we have those uh, CDs too in the car. They're just great you mm-hmm. know, to have. It's, I suppose, I think for us, it's mostly in the car that I'll put them in. And there, there's some little comedic little elements of it yes. too that they just really <laughs> giggle about. And so I right. highly recommend that. And this, these, one, these we've talked about and any other ones we'll put in the show notes. So uh, if you're listening, we'll put links to all these things so you can go and check them out. Yes. Um, so another category that I try to think about, be intentional about exposing them to and listening to and uh, try to help them get excited about and an affection for would be poetry. Yes. And for me, this I was really, I think I read very, very little poetry growing up at all. And becoming a parent, started to read and understand and believe that it's really important and that it can be really inspiring and valuable. But it's taken me a little while, honestly, to to, to enjoy it. But I think because some of it's hard to understand and, uh, I've, I've been in, you know, various conversations with people that in the past where they're recommending Shakespeare and, and at that point in time, it was just so difficult to wrap my mind around. But I will say that as I've read more on my own, even, and exposed them to more that I'm finding myself getting more excited about it and getting, uh, just, I, I think there's just something about it that brings a peace and a, and an inspiration mm-hmm. even if you don't understand
1: all of what you're hearing mm-hmm. i agree yes definitely poetry i think it it just it feeds the soul
0: exactly.
1: and i think um it's important even if you don't understand it to have just really good poetry mm-hmm. um and feed that to your children give give your children expose expose them to lots of different styles of poetry and beautiful beautiful words i think it's important that it's so important
0: I just wanted to read this one quote that I came across this week by uh, Gould from the children's Plutarch. But the quote is, The power of poetry is noble. It fills the hearts with tender feelings. It writes high thoughts in our memory. It makes the eyes sparkle with desire to do things that are fair and just. The poet is a friend who teaches us concerning all beautiful things, sunsets, sea, blue sky, and the dreams in the minds of heroes. I love that. Even that sounds very... (laughs) It. <laughs> it's inspiring just to listen to it. So, so for poetry, so we usually, we're, we usually do some during the year and some in the summer. And so we'll be deciding what to go if we're just finishing doing uh, poetry for young people. Have you seen that series? I haven't seen that okay. one, no. Okay, yeah, you should definitely check it out. There's so many different poets, and there's one even on Shakespeare. Uh, this year we did uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow and Carl mm-hmm. Sandburg, and there's also one with just different selections from Shakespeare, so some of the things my girls have been memorizing have been from those books, but yeah, they're just great. They're they're very uh, short and just have selections from well-known poets and some some beautiful pictures with them too, so it's been great for us to have an easy way to expose our kids to some of these different poets. And there's also a little; it tells you a little bit about the poet, just a few pages, just
1: to give you a
0: little bit of a paradigm. So that's I love been, that. Yeah, that's been really
1: helpful. What else do you guys look at or for poetry? For po- for poetry, right now in our basket, because we also have a basket. You mentioned your wire basket. Yes. We have a basket as well. Um, we have a child's garden of verses mm-hmm. by Robert Louis Stevenson, because there's some you know very famous children's poems in there. Yes. Um, and so we're memorizing some of those. And then I frequently use. Are you familiar with the My Bookhouse collection by Olive Beaupre Miller? I Do you know have, anything about I that? I know a
0: little bit about. I've had people recommend it, but we don't we don't have it.
1: It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's it some of them the earlier ones are six volumes, and then they broke it down um into smaller sections and so it it spreads out into twelve volumes as oh, wow. the pub as it went on um but the they go kind of they progress in age, so the okay. youngest. One the volume one is called in the nursery, and so it starts out with lots of nursery rhymes and different things like that. And then as you progress through the books, you get more and more um, advanced in the narrative and in the style and the structure. And there's lots of different excerpts from different books and famous poems and speeches and all kinds of stuff in there. It's a really wonderful collection to oh, have, and so like it. yeah. it's wonderful. So we we pull a volume or two um, of that and put that in our morning basket, and we go through that because my my youngest are they're, they're learning just the nursery rhymes you know at three right. he's still yes. learning you know yeah. hickory dickory dock at that's that right. point um, but but then it also has you know other beautiful po- poems in there um so that's one thing that I turn to a lot is
0: it uh is it something your kids can sit and look at with you or is it
1: more you
0: know sometimes compilations are child friendly or something or is it just something you would more read and they would
1: kind of be doing something else listening to this is very child friendly because okay. it's got beautiful illustrations on every single page. Okay. And so my boys will pull it out and just sit there and leaf through it just to look at the pictures oh, that, you really, know, so, yeah. yeah. So and different volumes, depending on which year, which publication year you pick, you're able to find, um, have different illustrations and things like that. My, my set is very, very old. It's an early set from like 1920 wow. something. Are I'm Are they not sure. still
0: printing it or are, uh,
1: you can only find them used now? I think you can only find them used, okay. but they're, they're okay. pretty prevalent. You can mm-hmm. find them. every time I go to a used bookstore, mm-hmm. I, I see at, at least a couple of volumes of mm-hmm. them somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you, they're pretty easy to find. Some of the older ones are hard to find, but there's a couple of sets that are, that are pretty easy to find. There's a white set from the seventies that I, I see pretty much everywhere. Okay. I'll have to look so, for it. Yeah, yeah. You can just pick up different individual volumes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're nice just as with the individual volumes but of course if you have the full set that it's they're beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. I cannot recommend them enough. enough. Yeah,
0: that's great. Yes.
1: So are the boys memorizing <laughs> little bits of poetry from some of these things? They are. They um we read a poem several times throughout the week until they can kind of say it with me and then we'll move on to another poem. But one thing we use like to be more intentional about poetry memorization, I don't know if you're familiar with IEW's lin- linguistic yes. development poetry memorization I I have almost
0: bought it several Uh, times and haven't quite made that leap but yeah I love it it.
1: yes yes and there's just something about Andrew Pudowa's voice saying the the (laughs) poet they're wonderful and even my youngest I mean he's three and he can he can recite the poems that we're learning through that mm-hmm. because he, it comes with a CD as right. well as the actual you know book that goes through the poems and, and they progress also in length and complexity okay. as right. they go on so yeah another, that's one thing oh, that we use sorry. yeah go, oh. go ahead
0: now you're fine <laughs> I was going to say another thing that we have done when I haven't had you know just you're trying to figure out right with your budget how to where to put money into to what types of things Mm -hmm. what books because I definitely have to be reined in with my book buying budget but um something we've done I think we start I'm trying to think if we started this year or last year end of last year but um either my husband who has a great narrating voice or my oldest daughter we sort of picked out what poems that we want to memorize and then they've just uh, recorded it just simply on a computer and done their voices, and then we've just been able to put you know that, that CD in the car, and so they'll, right. they'll listen to them, and just a simple way to you know kind of keep hearing it over and over again, and you could, if you wanted to get really fancy, you could put a little background music to it, or my, my daughter's who's 12, has kind of gotten into figuring that out, so it's been a fun project for her, but also fun for the younger kids to listen to her sort of <laughs> recite
1: I love that. And I think that that goes back to we were talking about how poetry kind of feeds and nourishes the soul. And that does that on so many levels. Because think about that, like when your children are so or they're older, and that poem comes to mind, they're not just going to hear the, the beautiful verse and, and what it means, but they're going to hear it in the voice of the person that they love that said that to them, you know? And so I think it's, it's really, I I absolutely love that idea. Yes. I think it feeds them. It's been fun. Yeah.
0: And my girls when they were, my older girls when they were younger, you know, they really didn't engage in Shakespeare as much or find, you know, one of them would be kind of grumbling about it. But what's really neat to see now is as the years have gone on and we've, you know, been, I've been reading it more to them or they've been hearing it from different Uh, narrators or different books that you can tell that they're starting to get that that seed is growing for them and Mm -hmm. especially my oldest daughter just really really enjoys it now so that's been a fun process to to watch um jamie do you do you have different have you listened to shakespeare's stories
1: from different places or different narrators we we do um i haven't done at the actual Shakespeare plays with my boys yet mm-hmm. um, because yeah. they're younger. But we we love E. Nesbitt's beautiful stories from Shakespeare. We love that one. Mm-hmm. And we have also done Lamb's Tales from Shakespeare. And I just got, um, on the recommendation of multiple people, Leon Garfield's Shakespeare stories. And okay. so we haven't started that one yet, but we're mm-hmm. going to start that one. So,
0: yeah, how at their yeah. ages, how do they respond to it?
1: They love it. I mean, it's still just a story to them right. that, because. You know, I mean, they do such a story. right, yeah. exactly, because they are abridged. They're still that's one of the things that I love about these particular editions of um, Shakespeare's abridgment, because there are tons out there. You can find them all over the place. But Nesbitt and Lamb are still um, very articulate. They're they're lyrical with their language. They're very intentional about imagery and different things and trying to keep um, Shakespeare as authentic as they can but yet still kind of bring it down to the level that children can understand and so um that's one of the reasons that I love those so yeah I mean I think I think they'll love Shakespeare when they get a little bit older Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um they're not quite there yet for the actual plays at this point but they're getting close right well and
0: uh for some of our listeners who are you know maybe some of you are very familiar with Shakespeare and others maybe not at all maybe it seems intimidating this past year I read a book called How to Teach Shakespeare to Your Children by Ken mm-hmm. Ludwig and that has been very very helpful in it's it takes you through progressions of passages mm-hmm. with kids starting really young I think if I remember right and Jamie, maybe you know, I think he started when his kids were
1: six with just simple he, passages. Is that right? He he did. And he starts with just with memorization. That's mm. how he teaches it. Yes. You know, it's not just sitting down and reading the story to them, that he actually teaches it through memorizing that the, the I, I mean, I still remember, I know a bank where the wild time grows, I think is how it yes. starts out or something like that. Where <laughs> to memorize and the
0: nodding violet grows or something like or that. Or something like yeah. that,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it it starts to teach them immediately an, an appreciation for the beauty of Shakespeare, and um and then you progress through there. But yes, he starts very very young. So we're actually probably going to start that with my children pretty soon for mm-hmm. morning time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's been really helpful, and I've I've read some of the descriptions to the kids of you know this is what an oxlip is or this is what a mm-hmm. violet you know just so and it's been amazing. The understand just how the understanding has expanded their minds and to be able to to recite it I think right more fluently and more easily so anyway highly recommend that um so moving on to some another few elements of our baskets uh something else that we try to do is involved and if this could even be while I'm reading something aloud that will have a nature journal of some mm-hmm. kind and so we'll have uh if we're inside, we'll have little field guides where, which we're going to get to those in a minute, talk a little bit more about those, um, or sorry, not, not in a minute in a future podcast, we'll talk more about some nature, uh, uh books and recommendations and getting outside, but we'll, uh, have just, you know, little books that have pictures of flowers and birds and trees and that they can sketch, uh, and while I'm reading to them.
1: Oh, well, that's a great idea. Well, I, I
0: we probably talked about this before in a past podcast, but I find that all of my kids, really of various ages, that they can kind of focus in whether when. Uh, that, you know, if they have something to do with their hands mm-hmm. and you'd think it would be distracting maybe, but I find that they almost listen better. if They have something Absolutely. to do with their hands. So
1: yes. I'm guessing
0: you probably re- know that.
1: with <laughs> your <a> <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I do. And I will let them draw on things while we're doing morning time or when I'm reading aloud, but I've, I haven't made that jump yet. I'm so glad that you suggested that to do some nature sketching because right now I'm just letting them draw whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be more intentional about that, that's a that's a great idea.
0: And, and there, I think there are like some kids that love the idea of copying and imitating, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of picture art and there are others who feel a bit more hemmed in by that and want the freedom. And so there's all sorts of ways that that can be done. And, And we will talk about this more in future podcasts, but, and so another area that we, I mean, we've a lot of the, all these books are being read aloud, but we'll usually do some kind of a literature, specifically literature selection. And so we've just been finishing *Magician's Nephew*, which has been fun. And my husband usually d- does a little bit of reading. I'll do some during the day, and then my husband will do some at night. Um, mm-hmm. But we're looking forward to starting a book called *Little Britches* uh, by mm-hmm. Ralph Moody. It's been highly recommended to me. I've had it on my list for a very long time, but we we haven't dug into that yet.
1: Yes, my husband actually is listening. He's getting ready to finish the second um, book in the series, the Little Britches series yes. that Moody wrote. So and he just told me it's so funny that you brought that up because he just told me that yesterday he came in and he said that he wanted to read Little Britches aloud to the boys, um, so we're he's going to start that one um, after we finish Narnia. My two youngest have not um, been exposed to Narnia yet. My oldest yeah. has we've read that, mm-hmm. but my, my two youngest um, they just weren't quite ready. But now right. I think we are. So we're going to do oh, Narnia. <laughs> nice to
0: be. Yes, yeah. uh, it's always.
1: Was, the, is your yeah. husband was he had he read Little Britches? Or what was what caused him to be interested in it? My husband um, was not a reader when he grew up. And we'll have to talk about this at some point. Yeah. I think it's interesting um, because he has just now recently become a reader through audiobooks. He has a very long commute. And so he listens to audiobooks um, as he's driving to work. And he um, just finished, like I said, he listened to the first Little Britches. And now he's finishing up the second one. And he intends to continue on through the series and listen oh, to all of great. it. So, yes. Yeah.
0: I love that. But yeah, it. some people are just more inclined to the audio and it can make right. it can make them into readers, so.
1: Yes, that's exactly.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. Um so are you do you, in your morning time basket Jamie, do you have others that just other books that you're pulling
1: out in different categories? We, we do. We keep a literature category. Well, we have picture books in there for the little ones. And then we have some longer books that are still quite short for their purposes. Like right now we have um, Michael Hague's favorite Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales. Mm-hmm. So we'll read a couple of paragraphs or sometimes we'll even get through a whole tale um, in morning time. But we're reading that. And then James Harriet's Treasury for Children. Are you familiar oh, I, with James I, Harriet?
0: Yes, we've been reading yes. that this week. I love it. <laughs> yes, as, much my as my boy kids do or more. Oh, they love
1: it. Yes, <laughs> yes. They absolutely love it. And so that's one that's in there right now. And, um, we are getting ready to also start dangerous journey. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know that. Yes. So we haven't started that one yet, but that one's um, probably next week where we'll start that one. Yeah. So, that's yes. Great. That's awesome. And we mentioned, uh, Cindy
0: Rollins earlier who kind of came up with this, uh, morning time idea, but we'll, uh, put her a link to her book. And then she has a handbook to morning time mm-hmm. that's available through the Circe Institute. So we'll put a link to that. That um, Have you read that? Her, her, is it a short little book, Jamie? It, it is a short.
1: Yes, it's short. It's very practical. It's full of wonderful ideas to kind of give you um, how to structure it and how, what kinds of things to talk about and do. And so I think it's very useful if you're not familiar or even if you are and you just need to kind of um, get a fresh vision for how you want it to look. It's a perfect book for that.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. As we've been talking about literature selections, of course, you know, we create space every day for reading, but in the summer we might, for us anyways, I know we have larger spaces. And so I'm trying to think of being a bit more proactive about getting longer lists of things. And um, so what I think we're going to try to do uh, it's in attachment to this podcast is to jamie or i whatever we, put, we don't have time on the podcast to go through all the things we're gonna probably promote to our kids to read this summer but we're gonna try to make some lists and we won't we won't be able to say every one of those books but uh just for ideas for you for the summer and in kind of the various ages but do, do you have a few ideas jamie of what you know you guys are going to be reading this summer
1: yes a little bit my son is seven and he is um he has not been a very strong reader. He's a very he's a math whiz. He wants to be an engineer. He's mm-hmm. building all the time. Right. Um, and so he loves to, to listen to stories. He's got a very strong, you know, very um, large vocabulary. But just actually sitting down and mastering the skill of reading has been a little bit of a challenge for him. Mm-hmm. So we're still working on, you know, just fluency at this point. Right. So we're still doing, you know, books like Little Bear and Frog and Toad and Francis. Mm-hmm. And um, I've picked up a couple of um, Clyde Robert Bulla's Historical Fiction. Are you familiar with yes. those yes. books? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to graduate to those mm-hmm. this summer at right. some point. And um, Billy and Blaze, of course, I have like eight to ten of those. Uh-huh. So I'm really hoping at some point you'll get into those yes. and um, and want to read more of those. And we have a couple of other kind of early readers like that, like Cynthia Rylance, Mr. Putter and Tabby. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't That's know if you cute. know. those are. Yeah, I like yeah, those. Yeah. I do too. They're, they're uneven. They're, some of them are better right. than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I recommend reading them beforehand because some of the later ones, the, the characters can get kind of oh, – I, I don't, don't know, know if naughty I know those or, even. Yeah. I
0: only know yeah. like, some
1: of the older ones. But. Like, you know, Miss, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called. Mr. Petter and Tab, Tabby um, – something about tea and then the fish Uh yes yes but just pre-read them because some of them the characters can be kind of naughty or mischievous and i don't you know i don't recommend those but some of them are really fantastic so we have those so just kind of focusing on um building his fluency and his confidence in reading that's our goal this summer
0: yeah that's great yeah yeah my my son is kind of in that phase too we're kind of we're just kind of graduating into easier chapter books, so he's currently reading Sarah Plain and Tall, and I wasn't sure how he would take to the story, and um, it starts out a little sad, but then there's just some sweet moments in there, and he's, he's really become interested in it, and uh, Encyclopedia Brown well yeah he's he's just finished reading too and so and of course you know we want them to be reading and practicing in the, in these spaces in the summer but also as we mentioned earlier audiobooks are great especially yes. for specific things that you might be doing in the summer that you don't normally do like traveling or on a long road trip um, last summer my husband had some extended time off and so we were driving in the car much more than normal and we listened to a dramatized version of The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really fun for all of us. Um, but we we are audible users as well as um getting audiobooks just on C D from the library and um, right. so there's just some great ones that are you can, you know, find them pretty certain stories at certain times, you know, pretty cheaply but Do you guys do Audible, Jamie?
1: We do. Our entire family uses Audible. I mentioned my husband's commute, so he he listens to yeah all the time. And then I I use it personally for myself while I'm folding laundry or Mm -hmm. um, you know just kind of doing mundane things around the house. But then of course I use it for my boys. Um, Most of our books in our Audible account are children's books. Mm -hmm. If someone saw it, they'd be like, "What in the world?" Um, Mm -hmm. Because. We use it so much for our children. Even like sometimes during lunchtime, I'll put on a book. A or um, mm-hmm. after lunch, when we have a little bit of downtime or rest time, I'll sometimes turn one on for the mm-hmm. little boys. Yes, um, but they have a lot of favorites. Sometimes they'll even listen to it as they're falling asleep at night. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned for nap time with Jim Weiss, but. Mm-hmm. They, um, they love it. They, they've listened to Paddington and um, Just So Stories. That's one of their favorites. Um, e. Nesbitt's Book of Dragons. I don't know if you're familiar. Uh, yeah, she's one familiar. of our favorites. Yes, yeah. I love E. Nesbitt. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, um, of course, The Green Ember. We're huge uh-huh. fans of that. Yep. So uh, that's we listened to that um, on a trip to the beach one, I think it was last That's year nice. or the year before. So mm-hmm. yes. So we, we love Audible and, you know, you can do LibriVox, um, which is right. free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course make good use of the library. They have CDs and things that you can check out all the time, but you can get a free trial in Audible and, and give it a shot and see, um, and get a, I think a free book during that free trial. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but once, once you do it, you know, once you do the books, you, um, own them forever. So, Right. Yeah. 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 So we can listen to them over and over and over again because that's what my boys love to do.
0: Yes. Is yes. to them again. Yeah. And uh, Jamie, Oops. when you get when you're thinking about the boys of having you know more free play and things, do you do you try to think of specific particular books for summer, or do you just you know kind of read them what you've been reading them,
1: you know, throughout the year? Does anything specific oh. come to mind? I try to do. Um, I mean, I try to give them books that are going to spark their imaginations all the time. But, you know, some books right. are, are more for summertime, you yes. know. And so, um, like I think about Roxaboxin, Alex, right. Alice McLaren. Yeah, I mean, that that's one that always inspires them mm-hmm. to go outside and build their own little worlds of yes. things. And um, after we read Mike Mulligan and the Steam mm-hmm. Shovel, I don't know if you say know that, Virginia yes. Lee Burton, they they were outside that we, we actually – my husband's grandfather made a little – I don't know, a little digger type thing that they could sit on. And so they were outside digging in the dirt for hours after we read Mike Mulligan and, you know, St. George and the dragon, they read that and they want their swords. They're going to mm-hmm. go and <laughs> slay the dragon. And, um, one of the things that I, w- I want to read to my son this summer is farmer boy. Yes, um, us, too. <laughs> yeah. us too. Um, just to kind of a number, I, I think, I think he's old enough. I think it's a good time in his life. He, he will be turning eight. And so just kind of, um, intentionally kind of putting in his mind, the idea of, you know, hard work and duty and all of those things that Almondo has to go through. Um, in life on a farm, but we have a, a little small, a small barn on our property that has like a loft. And so I have these grand visions of reading it to him up in the, in the barn and try, kind oh, of inspiring yeah. him, um, after we read it to kind of, um, play and act it out and that kind of thing. So I don't know if that will work, but yeah. that's, that's my, that's my vision. For this do they, do they get to play up there? Um, they do. do okay. Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's got a, There's a ladder, and yeah. it's not
0: too high. Um, yeah. It does
1: open up, you know, to the outside. So I do kind of get nervous mm-hmm. when they open the you know the door to the outside, yeah. and there they are
0: yes. <laughs> up there, really high. But right. Oh,
1: that's <laughs> but, awesome. I love that. Yeah, your boys. Yeah. You know, I've got to let them take a few risks sometimes and i'm right there underneath them in case yeah, they decide to you you
0: not old. you can't send them all out quite yet <laughs> not yet yes, no yes yes, yes. So, yeah well it's been fun talking about all these ideas um I hope that everyone who's listening maybe there's something I know we've thrown out a lot of things I'm hopefully there's something you can take from all these ideas and if if you're you know if you're not able to you can tuck them away for a future day when when life allows you know you to to, to spread out and to get out and do you know try out some of these ideas a little bit more so and um, before we end I just want to mention if you For those listening, we would love for you to go to iTunes and uh, review us and leave a comment, and that will help just spread the word about the Storyform podcast as we're just kind of getting off the ground here. So we would love, love for you to leave a comment and invite friends to do the same. So we're so glad you joined us, and um, we will uh, be on another one podcast again soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our StoryForm Facebook page and follow us at StoryFormed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be StoryFormed.